millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Fosha and welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my... Drug-loving co-host, Rob Cross. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hello, everyone. <laughs> I apologize. That remark was completely slanderous, and it's uh, all I could say about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm on my antihistamines again because it's, it's there's a lot of pollen in the air, so maybe that's what you're referring to. Oh, yes, that that and alcohol. That, that, those are the two drugs that, that Rob enjoys. Now, that's, now that alcohol is one of the good drugs, Steve. We don't need to worry about that. Ah, uh, yes, of course. How have we been, Rob? Uh, grads, you know, working, working away. I'll be back to college um, next week uh, after work, I, you know, night nights and stuff like that. So sure, look, it'll it'll be fine. Uh, be busy, busy, but uh, no harm in that. Yeah, sure, look, getting back to normality is something, even if it's lockdown normality, but not being sick is yeah as good as it gets. Uh, I suppose here in Ireland, they've not officially announced, but kind of did that it looks like we're going to be in a lockdown until May, uh, right up to my birthday, it looks like. Uh, official announcement will be on Tuesday. Um, we don't know what it is going to be yet, but it'll more than likely be, we'll be at the, the highest level of lockdown until another nine weeks, basically, which is wonderful. Um, yeah, I think I kind of said it early on that I think this one's going to be a rolling lockdown where they just don't want to tell us how long it's going to be. And so they can yeah. just roll it over every month. But look, if it if it works, it works. I mean, we're down to, I think it was about 700 cases yesterday. We did, yeah. Um, You know, and it, it's, uh, I may be mentioning as well, our, our chief medical officer, Tony Hewlett, his name, his, his wife, passed away unfortunately yesterday she was yeah um, it was terrible to see uh ter- terminally ill and like he he was running like this during a, a global pandemic and he took time off in the summer to spend it with her and came back then and uh you know I, I, my heart goes out to the man like you know um to be able to deal with a global pandemic in this country like that and you know with your your wife being like that it's incredibly difficult and you know it's um yeah it's shows how much he cared for everyone and his wife to kind of try to balance both so um we'll, we'll give it i mean that's exactly what you need to do and it takes a, a good limerick man like tony hulahan to to be able to do that doesn't it <laughs> yeah of course it does of course it does so um uh our, our condolences to his family um and yeah. we'll move on to happier things hopefully uh what's uniquely irish today Stu? so today i'm uniquely irish considering the movie i think we'll talk a little bit about irish priests so we're gonna say irish if drugs well up first. <laughs> <laughs> um, well we don't have any speciality ones i suppose we could talk about the that irish doctor who was the first to introduce med- medicinal marijuana but that might be yeah. for a that might be another episode. Well, also blind by Boat Club definitely did a podcast on him, so we don't want to, <laughs> don't want to be doing that. <laughs> Look, if we yeah. can get some of his clout, we'll be fine. <laughs> clout. Yeah, so priests. Well, sure. There's um there were a lot of them in this country. There there's certainly less now, uh, in, in the Catholic sense, but I think in quite quite a lot yeah i mean look this country used to be incredibly catholic um i believe when i was born here it was something in the region of 94 percent catholic 
and uh, people have declared themselves as that. And I mean, you know, we did um, our preparation for our first confession and first communion and confirmation as part of school, um, like during during the day, priests would often barge into the classroom. So it was a very ingrained part of Irish culture, as we've kind of said before. But the uh, I think the priest off, uh, had a very special place in kind of Irish culture, like in, in, a, in a town or community parish i suppose um wouldn't you say yeah so? i mean you know the the priest would be the first person you go to in a in a crisis yep. pretty much back in the day absolutely they were thought of you know they, they were like the, the wisest person in in the town and even in the city depending on where you were you, you'd always go straight to the priest well they were but like there was always that, that amount of fear about them as well like, yeah uh, you know they mentioned it in the movie but which we'll get on to later on but you know they could get away with murder practically did. for quite some time um, in this country you know it, i suppose as well you, you, you raise a point there Stu. the priest often would have been the, the most highly educated person in the town uh, or village because they they would have had uh, some level of higher education or they would have obviously gone to seminary to, to know all of the um uh all the various things they have to do in terms of like the, the prayers and how to like bless things and uh, perform the sacraments and do mass and all that of course and all the theological background behind all of that but um you know often they'd be doing other things as well they were they're often educators like you know you see the christian brothers schools we have in ireland as well like i went to a diocesan college we we did have priests teaching us they ran out i think towards during the end but like often they'd be they'd be teaching people in schools as well it, it was it was seen as a way of you know if your family couldn't afford to get you to university or even secondary school back in yeah, the day. Yeah, like, like we mentioned it before, yeah. back in the, the Father Ted stuff, you know, it's like the first child becomes a doctor, the second child becomes a priest. Yeah. And it was kind of how it, it went. Was, and it was... It was it wasn't even that. It was about like, you know, it showed that you were a good Christian family to send one of the children. Like it was a point of pride to have a child become a priest. It was always a thing. Is, uh, you have to send a child to the church is what, particularly because we, it's a Catholic country. I mean, you had, you had a lot of kids uh, back in the day generally, you know, so you, you'd quite a lot. Quite, if you're out in the country, geez, you know, you'd be having what, six, seven you know, 10 kids in some cases so you know Jesus if, if you have to send off one off to be a priest and one off to be a nun sure you know that's just the way it was yeah but once again what I'm saying Rob is that like there was a, a point of pride in it oh, you there know, was. You, yeah. you'd be able to tell the other neighbours oh well you know my Tommy's got off to be a priest you know he's going to be up there with the Pope himself and everything <laughs> yeah but they used to do these, these kind of I don't think rally is perhaps the correct term but it, it, de facto it was uh, my Nana would tell me about it where you know they do these can't think of the correct name for it but they kind of the, the groups of different uh things like you know the the, yeah, the columbanus fathers and like the holy ghost fathers they're kind of like the jesuits kind of divisions in the catholic church would kind of go around and kind of be like recruiting people like, oh you know you want to be a priest that's grand but you should join us because whoa the columbanus was re- we're going off to africa to be missionaries and the jesuits are where you know all prim and proper and um you know the, the real ones so, yeah and they they kind of have big big things and they'd be saying a few prayers and they'd be trying to get a few sons in and it was you know it was the way to get educated really um back in the day but uh, yeah i mean like like that's the thing you know it, it was you know they they were really revered in in communities yeah. but at the same time there was that level of fear about them oh, absolutely Cause like yeah. with with the words the priest could could knock you back in the community like you could become an outcast or a pariah basically you know, if they didn't like it, if they didn't spot you in church every Sunday, yep. you know, stuff like that. Like they, they did have a lot of, of power in their small areas. They did. And it was it was the whole thing of, I suppose, to a large extent, the Catholic Church did ruled through fear. I, I, I'd i go as far as saying, you know, it was the whole thing of 
they you know knock on the door and tell you what, what, what you're doing there isn't right at all and you better get that sorted out or I'll, I'll read your name at mass which would have been the the ultimate thing like him going well I see the O'Reilly's down the back are causing a bit of a, an issue there I'll tell you it's a very uncatholic way of doing things you know and, and that can have real world consequences because like as is alluded to in the, the, the film Pixie with the, you know they can cover up centuries of paedophilia yeah that kind of happened yeah. here I mean it's it's in, in, a, in a sense we became independent in 1922 we kind of sold out our British masters for the catholic church in in a way and the country was over yeah there was no separation of church and state it was oh, basically not basically church controlling it's state. The whole, like the whole thing about why the unionists in the north didn't want to you know had had their own separate thing northern ireland and it was oh because home rule you know us getting our uh, some level of self-governance would be Rome rule because we were so Catholic down here. And I mean, I don't want to say the unionists were right, Stu, but they had a point and they were kind of proved somewhat correct. <laughs> well, I mean, like you have to, you have to think about it in terms of, you know, we, we had been ruled by, by the United Kingdom for yeah. so long. Uh, they were a Protestant country. So even like being a, a, a Christian wasn't an easy thing to do. So it was kind of almost that part of us running wild when yeah. we were allowed to do it openly well, it, it, without it, a bunch of Protestants coming over and, and kind of degrading you for yeah, us. Well, I mean, when, when certainly it was effectively illegal to be Catholic. There were laws. We, we, you couldn't own certain amounts of property. You couldn't be part of the Irish Parliament and later UK Parliament. Um, and there, there were plenty of other laws. Like the, the Church of Ireland was the established church. You were paying taxes to it even if you weren't a member. Yeah, so I mean, I mean that's kind of you know what it's like to do. So I mean, I, I take your point that when we got independent it was always going to be that because I mean the country was gee, like you know massively Catholic I, I think it's fair to say not to say that there aren't like we we might talk about it a little bit in the future about like other Christian groups you know the religions that were present in Ireland yeah but I think to, to get back to yeah to get back to the priests uh, even now like you know I don't think it's as common to see them around I know obviously that they, they don't have to be wearing the, uh, the dog collar yeah the garb uh, as they go around but you know I mean as a kid I, I feel like I remember seeing them much more frequently maybe that's just not spending as much time in town but i i think maybe but, uh, too but it, it's definitely it's definitely know. getting a lot less i think there's um certainly some parishes that are having to loan a priest from the, the neighboring parish and things like that there, there certainly seems to be a shortage there's a couple of more foreign priests have to be sent in here which you know i mean you'd think in the day there'd be irish priests like it's almost a stereotype you see in some american things where oh the the, the priest is like an irish catholic in, in you know but now it's yeah. it's quite the opposite um i believe so, someone was telling me that one of my friends that they knew someone from college that actually you know, like basically our age, it, it wanted to decided to go off to Minute and go to the seminary and be a Catholic priest. And it's like, all right, fair, fair play to him if, you, if, you, if it's what you really want. Uh, I'm not going to judge, but uh, I think he was saying he was the only person, you know, under the age of like 40 that was there. So it's um, that year. So, all right. Well, yeah, it's changing demographics, I suppose. It is. So, I, I mean, I mean, that's kind of it, Stu. I, I, I think it's um, they're struggling to get new people. And I, I think you know, it's obviously the thing that, the celibacy and no marriage is off-putting to off-putting towards some people well you know stuff like that i think uh, as when, once they start really struggling god will magically change his mind about that yeah. and maybe they will allow a women allow priest is women priest as well and, you know like yeah the, the church of ireland is a women priest since uh, 1992 i believe and um they're still going <laughs> great year great year indeed <laughs> yeah there's certainly catholic priests in particular had a, a very reverent state it was um 
something I found out, Stu, it's, we, we don't really have it as much in English. Um, it's a language, you know, like you, we use the, um, they call it the TV distinction. I, I, I think it's, you speak Italian, you, we have it in German as well. You know, there's a formal U that used to refer to someone of like a higher yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to think of it like in in we have it it's in german as well and it's um like you wouldn't say do to someone you would say z with a capital s i should presume it's in italian as well um but uh yeah we, yeah, we, we had it in in the irish language we'd use the word shiv uh which is a, a plural generally a plural word but it was the formal you that we'd use when referring to a priest um it, it's the really the, the only example of it but the reason behind it it wasn't just out of respect and reverence for the, the priest's office it was actually because you would refer to a priest in a plural sense because you weren't sure they could have a host with them like you know the communion uh which was actually, oh, which right, was actually yeah, sanctified yeah. and if that was the case it was transubstantiated it was the body of christ so there were there were two people there then you know jesus and the priest so that was so that's a nice little linguistic tig- tidbit i said i just throw in there because i i find it really interesting <laughs> yeah bad bunch of lads us, us irish people trying to assuming there's two people there <laughs> well the, 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 only, only if you're Catholic. right i suppose we'll leave it there stay tuned for another episode where we go to nuns which oh, is a God, whole different kettle of fish we can't we can't still we can't be saying <laughs> negative things about the nuns you know they, they see the priests they'll laugh it off now but the nuns they'll know you know and you, you, i don't want them knocking on my door i think for that episode we might have to uh interview both our mothers because i think they have strong opinions on the nuns from oh they, went when they were in school schools. well my mother did certainly <laughs> so did my yeah. mom very strong opinions oh, on Jesus, the nuns yeah i mean you know the story is stories like my father <laughs> like when he told me about the, the priest and the the schools they went to is one thing but the nuns seem to have a, a certain and um uh i different different character to them if you if you get me it was certainly a bit more i hesitate to use the term vicious too but uh you know yeah yeah i think vicious is probably the right look, term we'll we'll um we'll we'll move on to we'll move on to that another time and of course let's not forget you can't slander the dead under irish law hooray it's good for us thank i think the podcast would be done if we <laughs> it's could just like yeah it's just like yeah fuck you cromwell bastard <laughs> so pixie the 2020 movie that we both got to watch i mean first off what a cast oh absolutely everyone in this did a a a really great job some really big irish names in there as well uh the likes of pat short was in there i know your man from the young offenders whose name i cannot remember chris wally i think it is he was Daniel. Um, yeah who else do you have? Ned Dennehy, uh, who we both know as that first zombie from uh, Dead Meat. That's right. Uh, Seamus. Yeah, he was in Star Wars uh, and everything. Yeah, he's been in loads of stuff. Father Ted. Uh, I think guy. most recently Peaky Blinders. Uh, David Rawl, who's actually, um, he was the altar boy in that one scene. He's actually the kid from Moon Boy, Rob. I knew I recognised him. He's a little bit older yeah. though, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, well, obviously it was quite a while ago. But yeah, with Chris O'Dowd, um, you have a, Dylan Moore and, uh, and one that I, I I found really funny just at the near the very end before the the church scene. Should we say there was uh, a guy Andrew McClay who I love because he was uh, an extra from Game of Thrones and in the documentary they did about Game of Thrones he was like the happiest extra you've ever seen. He was delighted in whatever scene he was in in the in the <laughs> the show. He just he was like this lovely guy who was just like oh yeah I love being like a background in this really cool show. And then I just spotted him. He has that really long beard. He was one of the priests. Oh, yeah, yeah, the... yeah. I remember him now. Uh, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, but just sure, funny you know. spotting him. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and of course, Alec Baldwin as well, which was like, gee, I, but I, I was like, Jesus, yeah. he's in this film. <laughs> 
Dream to get to does it. a good job. I got it to, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the accents and stuff in a bit, but we'll you know we'll, we'll see what happens. But of course, Colin Meany as well uh, returning to our screens. Um, I fantastic actor, big fan of him. So I like I love any movie he's in. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think just in terms of cast, they had some very big names, and it, it worked really really well for what they were doing for yeah. kind of a, a sleeper movie. You didn't really hear much about it. But... No, because I. You have such huge I names. didn't even... This came out in, what, October last year? Like, not a couple of months ago. Yeah, so I, we weren't really looking for theatrical releases. It did come out, I think, to theatres in that brief window where we weren't in lockdown. That's right, yeah. Well, I think we were so focused on Wild Mountain Time then because we were like, oh, this is the big one. This is oh, the yeah. big one for us. This is like, this is the <laughs> film they made, especially for this podcast. We couldn't have had a better time starting it. So this kind of passed us by a bit, but we watched yeah, but it I think, now. I think this movie is like the counterpoint of Wild Mountain Time where this movie gets Ireland right in so many ways where on the opposite, you have Wild Mountain Time, which got it wrong in almost every possible way. Maybe maybe one of them was a. I didn't see any bee masks in 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 the films too. I, I saw a pig and a panda <laughs> one. Uh, maybe. Oh, don't tell me now that they are all identified as as the fucking mask animals. That's oh, terrible. Like, I still I still can't get over that in Wild Mountain Time. Like he thinks he's a bee. Yeah, <laughs> with with hardly any kind of foreshadowing. Just like lunacy. If you could have got Jamie Dornan as an extra in that film with the beam as I know they wouldn't have known that because this film was shot around the same time as Wild Mountain Time. But look, that I all I say is put it in the special features like, you know, Hayden Hayden Christensen in like the special is, is like the force ghost at the end of um, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi. Just do it like so the movie, first off, in terms of locations, they picked some really, really lovely oh, spots to shoot too. this movie. I mean, every kind of all of the countryside scenes were were fantastic to watch just like even now in lockdown i just miss like being able to go down some of those roads yep. just because of the, the the scenery that you get yeah no it's it, like there's parts of it i i'm pretty sure it was shot around kind of donegal and parts of northern ireland it looked very much like um up along the coast there yeah in the it hills. meant to be sligo and then down to dingle i was kind of upset that they didn't was, kind of show more if they actually went to dingle was, i don't uh, know if they did but kind of, Dingle is such a beautiful oh, spot. Kilty they, they go to at the end in Cork. That's where the church is. Uh, no, uh, to meet Dylan Moore and Oh, character. sorry, he's in Dingle. They go to Dingle. Um, you know, it was, it was good. I really liked it. And it, it's such a, we have such a beautiful island and being locked down, you'd almost forget about it. And seeing it in movies like this makes you really, you know, you like go for your motorbike ride or me just like, I'll, I'll walk it somewhere. But yeah, yeah I mean, just it. seeing seeing things that are, part of Ireland that aren't just the cliffs of Moher like they do in all the, the shitty movies yeah. to open it up was a, a nice nice change of pace where we got to see some different parts of Ireland but yeah I mean I quite enjoyed this movie you know like there's a lot of twists and turns yeah. in there that I think we'll go through as, as we go along and it like the ending was just hilarious really yeah it was good I mean I had a kind of middling impression of, I think there were some good bits in it that I really enjoyed but I think overall, I I would have been more of a, you know, it's, it's an okay film. I, I wouldn't say it's a great film, but, you know, not to say it's a, it's not bad, certainly, Um, is, is kind of my view. But no, we'll, we'll go through it and we'll, you know, give my, save my final rating until the end. But yeah, it's fine. It's perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah. Let's see. So it kind of, it starts off with Olivia Cook, who plays the main character, Pixie, Pixie O'Brien. And it's like, she's kind of at her mother's grave, isn't it? Yeah, she is. And she so that kind the, of really sets up the, the, bullet the family. I mean, yeah, she leaves the, the bullet, which is a bit weird. And especially, you know, if the guards came across that or someone did and was like, yeah, we're going to need to find out who left Still, the you bullet You don't see here. a single guard in this film, I don't think. Like, they're clearly having an off day. 
or something like that. Yeah, when uh, when Colomini shows up later on, yeah, I thought oh, he yeah. was a guard, and I was like, oh no, he's I not. I thought he was a shade, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, him, I thought like, oh, him as the guard would be like trying to chase them down, and then like, it's a race between sides. So I was like, oh no, it's a criminal thing. Like, okay, I think that worked out a little bit better, because I like, I, he's, he's quite a good dad. He, uh, he's able to act it quite well. He's the kind of Irish dad. So oh, I think yeah, he was he very well cast in that, but I, I think he, I'd like to see him as a guard. I think that would work. Um, I can't think of any films. Pretty sure there are movies. No, he's not in the guard. No, that's um, Brendan. Or Peace a guard. I think he was a guard in uh, Into the West, but he, he's it, that's a more serious ish film, and I think he's, he's not playing a nice person. I don't think. I don't think it's a serious, a major role. <laughs> anyway, so the next thing we get is Fergus and Colin who are going to rob a church which is like which <laughs> is like he's like what the hell is this because it does happen occasionally like break in because like oh there's the gold for the chalices and things like that and money from the poor box which is like if you're robbing from a church there's oh, you know you, you better you better hope the christians aren't right because you're you're going straight to hell my friend <laughs> like like not to be too to put too fine a point on it, but it tends to be, uh, you know, people who have hardly anything else to do, maybe junkies or whatever, who'd be oh, yeah. trying to get what little, what few quid you can get yeah. out of this. But in, in terms of this kind of robbery, it's unheard of. So they break in anyway. They, well, they walk in. They have the uh, the masks on. One is a panda yeah. and the other one's a pig. Which, I mean, in, in fairness, I was thinking about it throughout the movie. It's a ridiculous idea, especially when you're wandering around with pistols, to have these awkward masks that, block out all of your peripheral yeah vision. like it's I, I get the whole point it's like the, to identify them it's like their gimmick but like like the rat the rat wear like balaclavas and stuff like that and it's because it obscures your face but doesn't completely cut out your vision so like yeah, yeah. you're not half like, blind around the edges yeah. but yeah so they they head in then to the back and they find four priests sitting at the table one of them great, being great pat actor. short and, comedian. and it's like two of them are apparently now, afghan priests who are here to learn about the troubles now Stu. I looked into this uh, because I was like, what is the Catholic presence like in Afghanistan? Because the Catholic Church is like, you know, they, they have fingers in many pies of the film industry and they have it everywhere. So I was like, how many Catholics are there in Afghanistan? Because I'm like, I'd be pretty confident Afghanistan is a strongly Muslim Look, I mean, country. it's, it's um, the Catholic Church. You never yeah. know with them. Like. There's about 200 practicing Catholics, it says, is as best as they can see, not necessarily including uh, staff and embassies in Kabul. It says there's about three priests in, in Kabul, the capital. Right. Well, anyway, I just found it very funny that they're coming over here to learn about the troubles. I don't know if it sounds suspicious or what, but it was just... Uh, oh, I thought that was yeah, funny. It was a strange really little uh, interaction there. But anyway, they get a, a bag from under the table. And it's full of drugs. What is it? MDMA, I think they said. Yeah, it's MDMA. And so <laughs> all four priests like come up from the table with shotguns and the two lads shoot the four of them. They do. A crazy bit of a scene. Oh, it's like, you know, the, the old kind of Wild West quick, quick draw sort of a thing. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Poor Patrick. He didn't deserve it. He, he could, like, but, I, uh, I would have liked him to be, a, you know, like Alec Baldwin's like second in command or something. Yeah, priest. definitely. I, I would have liked that. They, uh, they're heading away towards the airport to meet Pixie. And uh, one thing that I loved is he he pops open the uh, the glove compartment and he sees the old Irish driver's license, you know, the paper ones. Yeah. Those awful, yeah, awful that. old things. Now we have the, the plastic cards like most other countries have had for like 30 or 40 years. But the, we used to have these, like, and they're still that terrible pink color, but those pink like they're three kind of not even pages but like whatever size they are they fold in and uh i know my dad used to always forget his in his uh yeah. his pants pocket and they had just come out of the, the the wash ruined 
I don't know how he was able to dry it and keep it going for so long, but I think it's a good thing that we've changed the plastic ones. Yeah, I should probably get mine renewed. <laughs> <laughs> not that, not that, not that I really drive. Like I can't afford to. Yeah, so we kind of we, we get a little bit of the the background to Fergus and Colin, the two lads. Colin had been going out with Pixie for quite some time, but she broke up with him, and he's heard that she's seeing some guy. What was it, Tyrone? He, yeah. he was called. And then when Colin looks at the driver's license, he realizes that Fergus's middle name is Tyrone, and so he realizes that Fergus and Pixie have been going out the whole time. He yeah, his head off. while they're driving. I mean, he was lucky that the car just slowed to a stop, especially on that old Irish road they were on. That was that was going into a ditch for sure in real life. Like, yeah, it's just a bit like, Jesus, mate, you could have like waited. He was getting out of the car or something. And he just like leaves the body in the car down the road. Yeah, and, and he basically the guards it. Don't, like, the guards that was a long walk. Yeah, because like, the guards don't like he could have put him in the boot as the other guys do for him. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a bit of a silly old thing there. But, but I, I did love as well. Then you you get uh, it kind of flashes from what's happening with Colin and Fergus over to Pixie, who's like sitting in the airport waiting. And that was a proper airport. Um, not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, like just seeing like the signs, and it, once again in lockdown, it just makes me miss being able to go to an airport and fly somewhere. But like the the it. You know, you see the Irish version or the Irish names for the terminals and stuff up there as well. Mm-hmm. So it really nice. just hits you somewhere. It's like, oh, I wish I could fly somewhere now. Yeah, to, to talk as well as about Knock Airport, I think I definitely mentioned it before. It's it's out in the way. It's like I think it's like Ireland West Airport is the other name for it. Knock is the kind of closest town to it. So it I don't I don't believe they fly to San Francisco from Knock. So Knock is a, a town in the west of Ireland, and it was a famous uh, Marian apparition there. Uh, basically, the Virgin Mary appeared to some school children there next to a wall and you know there was water coming out and there's holy water and give them a vision and like, Mary said Lord, build an airport and they will come pretty pretty much um so it became a, <laughs> it became a shrine and it was like a site of pilgrimage for catholics there was a fella there father uh Horan, who was like jesus you know, it's, it's great seeing all the people come here and um you know but uh we need to get more so we, uh, we need to get more people here so he decided why don't i just build an airport uh, around uh, near knock so people can fly in from the uk like so he kind of just did it without really asking for permission because he was a priest he got away with it um he he funded he's he, he funded it through mostly organizing dances in towns around knock um well, look i mean it's fair fair enough if you can pay for an entire airport through dances i mean well, i, think I have a few just... endeavors that i'd like to pay for can i just have a few dances around the place well i mean kind of dance halls i mean kind of thing you know, only in Ireland, really. But yeah, it's pretty accurately portrayed there. I mean, like the bit where they, they go, the lads later on go through the fence and like walk across the runway. I'm not quite sure you'd be able to do that, Stu, but it, it effectively is in the middle of nowhere, the airport. So it's yeah, accurate in that sense. Yeah. So I think the next scene is in the bar then. We have we meet Daniel, who's the young offender's actor, yep. and he's selling uh, the two other main characters' drugs. It was at Harland and Frank. And uh, yeah. They're kind of both creeping then on on Pixie because she came back from the airport because Fergus never showed up. Fergus <laughs> never like, showed up. Yeah. So then they're chatting yeah. in the in the bathroom, which you know I don't think any nightclub bathroom is ever that quiet for that long. But no, never. That's just the, the magic of cinema. But uh, yeah, like he goes into this creepy story where she likes taking photos of of people when they're having sex with her or something. Yeah, because she's like. And so the two go to like an art school in San Francisco. Yeah, well, that was her plan. To yeah, do, but it? like, so yeah. the two lads decide that they're going to go to her house and knock on the door and see if she'll fuck them individually while <laughs> taking photos. It's like 
that is the creepiest shit I've ever I seen. Because like, this is like, I was watching this, and I just like taking my notes. And I'm like, what? Like, is uh, I was like, is, the, is like, no, is this a Sligo thing? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> what? The it hell? was just so creepy to do that. And like, you know, they were outside practically drawing straws. Who goes in first? Like, and the other lad will go in and do it, it after. Like poor Ireland. He's just got oh, it. So weird. Sit like, don't do that to a person with the radio on, like waiting for his turn. Like, fuck, this is like really bad. Uh, it it just feels yeah, dirty yeah, it watching was it. Weird. You know? So then Colin yeah. shows up while uh, while Frank's inside. Who I I noticed actually just on Frank, he's his actor Ben Hardy. He was um, in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was one of the one of the members of Queen. Oh right, I didn't actually notice that. I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. Like released uh, the Sasha Roger Baron Cohen. That. That's what yeah, I so said. He's Roger Taylor in that. So if you can see any resemblance yeah yeah i can kind of see it there um, but anyway so colin shows up and harlan decides to run him over because colin's there like pointing a gun at the house and he's about to shoot at it it's an odd one i, I suppose because it's like he's like banging the door and like she's got the music on and she's taking pictures of like, i'm gonna i'm gonna get yeah. their names mixed up like and he's like wearing frank yeah frank's, frank's in there and he's with makeup on it it was a weird, funny scene. Yeah, because is that what you're expecting at all now? And um, then he's like banging on the door trying to get in. And then he like is shouting up to her window. I know you're there. And he takes the gun out and threatens to blow his brains out. And, you know, which is that's a very controlling behavior. That's not a healthy relationship, but whatever. And then Trenton points the gun at her. So then Harry yeah, which just I suppose, you know, that's over in the car. Probably what you'd think if, if he was about to start shooting up the house. Fair but... enough. I mean... Yeah, so then it's like probably self defense, like yeah, close think. enough to it at the very least. But they, yeah, Frank leaves then, and Harlan tells him what he's done, and then they check in the bag and find all of the MDMA yep. that he still had on him. And so, like, it's just like I don't know. I probably would have called the guards after that, but they decided to just stuff him in in the boot of the car and yeah, drive home. Your man goes like to Harlan, he's like, "Oh, you get three years for manslaughter, best case." Now, I did message my girlfriend to ask about this, and she's like, "What the hell are you on about? Is this for a movie?" So I'm like, <laughs> "Answers." <laughs> Poor Chloe, <laughs> assuming that you've just murdered someone. <laughs> it's like, what are yourself and Stu up to for the podcast this week? <laughs> we wanted to test the legal system, Chloe, so we killed a man. Yeah, so I, I, I haven't killed anyone, uh, just, just, just for the record. But uh, no, I mean, I'll cut like, that part out, Rob. He's <laughs> just like, Stu, let's cut I have so it doesn't say have not. It's like I have killed a man. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, well, it's like, what, what are you going to? I, I like I would love to be a juror in like that court case where it's like Harlan is up for like manslaughter or something like that, and it's like uh, Mister. I don't think you hear his terms. Like, uh, why were you outside the residence in the car there? Well, you see, you see, Judge, my mate was gone in there to 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 shag Pixie, and I was waiting for my turn outside because she was going to take pictures of us, and then I saw him turn up with a gun and pointing it at her, and then I had to run him over in self-defense. I mean, well, like, Jesus in fairness, Christ. All, like, all like, of the evidence is there, like, uh, what is it? Colin has already shot another guy. He has a pistol in his hand and a bag full of drugs. So, if they had just done the right thing and called the guards there, the movie would have been over. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fair enough. It'd be probably would have gotten away at this, but I don't know. Maybe the guards are corrupt in that town, or the other... Well, <laughs> yeah, so that's when we find Colin first, has found... You know? The, the car, he, play, he plays a Dermot O'Brien. Yep. And uh, so you get him kind of you know, oh, yeah, we need to find the panda. Yeah, it, 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 I, he, we kind of said it earlier. He really, I thought he was a guard, like a detective at this part, but he's not. He's a gangster and it's going to. Yeah, you find out later he ran like, guns Jesus, for the IRA. Um, which is. With Alec Baldwin's priest is character. Fair or enough. Something. I mean, there's any like, use priest to, to 
smuggle them across the border because they won't check. I was like, yes, that that did actually happen on a number of occasions. So yeah, yeah that's entirely. First, true. then shortly after that, we get the reveal that Gullamini is uh, playing Pixie's father in this or stepfather, I think it is stepfather. So it's her mother who who died there. Uh, he 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 was her second husband. Pixie's father ran off with a Chinese dancer. She says. Yeah, which is like <laughs> yeah. I got a yeah. laugh out of that. So that he's the stepfather, and the mother's died, and he's but he, he does seem to like care about her and her sister, who's who's do hasn't done her junior cert yet. Which yeah, she looks a tiny bit older than that, but she's there vaping in the house, and later on she's having a, a smoke outside. Yeah. Like it's a very funny thing because like even you know clearly like she's taken after the father because she's yeah. out pickpocketing people. She's about three or four wallets and she's, in front of her. When she's Pixie not comes in the church, the church shootout at the end, but she's there, like telling your man, it's like, ah, there's a you know, here to shoot out there. I can't go in. I don't want to fag. You know, it's just sort of it. Um, yeah. And then, and then we the get stepbrother as well. Pixie's stepbrother as well, uh, Mickey, who's like, I mean, yeah, he is, but like that man was acting to hell. He he was really good. I, know, I mean, the certain scene, uh, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but he was like shouting at a, a Colomanian. Like you see, like drops of I spit know, coming that off down. out of his mouth, running down his beard. It was. He's phenomenal. Turlo uh, like. uh, Convery is, is his name. I might be mispronouncing. Uh, I do probably Turlock. I've heard both things. Sorry, maybe I apologize if I'm butchering your name. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Uh, he's he's his best known for in Killing Eve. If you've seen that, I have been in a few things. But, I think he was uh, in no, was oh, in, Ready Player One. I think he's he was always in. in Black Mirror and like Fresh Meat as well. Yeah, he's been um, in a few other things. Like yeah, yeah but he was in Ready Player oh, One. He's a good actor. Maybe a cook was yeah, also he's, he's in. He's a very good actor. I must say he's. He get he's he's able to kind of portray a sleazy sort of an yeah, but then at the same time, well, um, which I, I think I thought of like, him as a like a Hodor's little brother from Game of Thrones. <laughs> he's just huge, he like he just like like whatever he's doing, like his presence is just there because of like the size of him, and he he really just makes it known he that just he's looks there. Like sort of one of the lads you'd see out out in the country, kind of. Um, Young fellas like just going to oh, yeah, work work going into the pub. Then he he just, he just has the right sort of look for it, and it just works quite well in this film. Like the kind of yeah. unkept beard and just the big presence. I thought he I thought he, he really commanded a strong, even like against Colomini, he, he commanded a very strong presence. I mean, I think he did a great job in this film, praise him very highly. And once I know how to pronounce your name correctly, I'll, uh, I'll uh, definitely <laughs> say it. But yeah, so I think <laughs> we find out a bit more about Pixie's mother. She'd like. Passed away from cancer, but we'll get into more they about will. that later on. Uh, so they take. Yeah, so there's kind of you, you. You start learning a bit about the the controversy between uh, Colomini and Alec Baldwin's character that they were pals yeah. earlier on, and then they kind of fell out. And if they, if something happens between the two of them again, it'll be an all out gang war. Yeah, and it, it's just it. You get the whole thing of like priests basically being gangsters because people don't check him and everything else in the organization. And you, then you see like him on the TV with one of the parishioners. Um, and you get to see Alec Baldwin and, you know, doing like a good Irish accent um, when he's on the TV bit. I mean, yeah, I got to say, like, I mean, I, when I saw he was in this, I was like, oh, is this going to be a dodgy Irish accent? And I was like, you know what? He did a really good job. I'm going to especially say that he does a good job at the end of the film, like when they're down in the church, when he's talking to people, because, and I made sure to note this, he doesn't lose his accent when he shouts and in, in like anger. And yeah, that's, th- a, that's, that's a tricky that's, thing. Like that is, he, he, he must like done this before past some training into it because that's a really hard thing to do with, we kind of said this before in other films, like people like lose their accents when they're singing or like kind of shouting and things like that. That's yeah. very hard to be able to keep an accent while doing that. And that's quite impressive. Like it did slip in a couple of places. I think um, 
I noticed when he's talking about the guns and giving them out to the other priests and nuns that um, some of the vowels pronunciations are a little bit American, but largely it's fine. I, I think he's kind of going for, I would have said, I think he's going for kind of a West Coast accent. I mean... I, I, I sort of wouldn't think it it would be terribly out of place in kind of County Galloway. So it's it's not a million miles off for like, I, I, I don't think he's based in Sligo, is he? It was a bit unclear, but. No, it, it's hard to say where he's based, but uh, no, he, he he does a great job. And it's it's good to know that, that he's still getting work after he lost his gig on SNL playing Donald Trump. That's all <laughs> I'd say. Like, don't want him out of a job. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be fine. Poor man was hoping Trump would win. It's, it's, it's just like in The Simpsons, like we're crossing the <laughs> He's happy. Yeah, so the two lads, anyway, they decide uh, that they're going to look to Daniel to sell all the MDMA. And so, as Rob said earlier, they they just wander across the airport, which is highly illegal. Oh yeah, and like the, the fact that there's no security coming up and and taking them in straight away. But then, it, like you know, uh, Chris Wally, who plays Daniel, he, he does such a good job. Where- Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's like he opens the bag and like the shock and he's just kind of like, uh, I'll give you 800 euro for it. <laughs> Street value yeah. of like a million euro. And then he's like, I'll give you 800 for it. It's like fucking hilarious. Like, like, he's like really that. good in that scene. And, you know, he, even like, you know, he's like, oh, do you want some moisturizer? And he just like pops open yeah. someone else's bag. <laughs> hands out the moisturizer very funny I kind of like it was like oh him like being a baggage hander at an airport and like dealing drugs like that's kind of two things kind of go hand in hand I suppose if he's able to like take them out of the bag before customs <laughs> see him yeah fair enough <laughs> don't know that's no, what no, he's doing I, his uncle no, no, I, I know that the drugs, but... maybe he's like parted the delivery chain it's like if he can if he can like get them out of the bags before customs see it like hide them somewhere because uh, security in this airport seems to be quite lax in this film uh, as people can just you know effectively not even half the feds just go through the fence and walk across you know like that in the tower must be like you know, uh, Robert, it's not airport isn't uh isn't jesus the only security they need like sprinkling holy water and on, on people like that that'll that'll do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think it, it's cotton between this um, and pixie at colomini's house and i think this is when the stepbrother kind of goes mental when he's supposed to be yeah. apologizing to her and he just like starts choking her like and it just shows like he could clearly play you know, this kind of quiet, reserved person, they just go yeah. mental in a second because it's, it's a terrifying scene. It's uncomfortable, yeah, is, is what I would say. But it gets across kind of his character quite well, I think. And Pixie's well, she's not going to back down to intimidation. She has, I'd say like she's kind of going for kind of the kind of strong sort of feminist thing where she doesn't really like men and kind of wants to um, 
make them be fools, I suppose, is sort of way. Like, always gets the one up on them and it isn't scared of them. Yeah, because I think it's shortly after that that it, she reveals that she was going to, she wanted Fergus from the, the beginning to like steal the money that was supposed to be with the drugs, which they didn't find, uh, and take it to Pixie, and then they'd yeah. fly off to San Francisco together. But she was actually going to leave him behind and just take the money herself. And like my one thought with that is customs. You can't take you know however much half a million euro or whatever they had through customs and There's be fine with it. Like I think it's about ten thousand dollars if you're going to the US thing, and they do regularly enforce that. So it's like. You have to declare it and like they're not going to let her declare like a, a bag full of money. Like that's a, typically like if you ever, if you ever, <laughs> like if you ever see the Quentin Tarantino film, I think one of his most underrated, uh, Jackie Brown, it's um, the main bit at the start is all about smuggling money into the US, like her getting caught by like an ATF agent or is it DEA, I, I, whatever, whatever that falls under. You know, so like they, they do take it seriously, like smuggling money into the con- country like that is a thing. I mean, the smart thing to do would be like either break it up or yeah but like that's the other thing that like even if she did somehow magically in her you know hand luggage take over half a million euros that's still euros when you need dollars so like they, they'd flag something if you just wandered into a bureau to change well, you'd have and to handed in half a million and you'd go mental yeah. trying to do it in in yeah you'd, you'd go mental trying to go back there every day to fucking like, unless hand it's in just like a small amount through her father has like they have guys in in New York who can like launder the money for her, grand. But like, you know, you you, you she she's basically just going to San. Fr- oh, sorry, she's going to San Francisco, not New York. My apologies, because San Francisco is an expensive place to live. I mean, and presumably she's she's not coming back to Ireland. She's going to live there and go to college there, grand. But like, half a million in San Francisco ain't buying you a house. I can tell you that. I've uh, I got some family there, and I know from a, a lot of the stuff there. There's a big housing crisis in the city at the moment, massive homelessness because of how expensive it is to buy places in 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 and around there. So I mean, a million isn't going to do her much if she plans to live the high life in San Francisco for too long. Yeah, I think. and then we get a, a, another lovely shot of Ireland with the uh, when Pixie heads to the two boys' house, yeah. which is a holiday oh, I home. This. Down by the sea, which is just classic Ireland. I mean, you know, I remember my my aunt. I think she had a, a holiday yeah. home in Valley Bunyan, so we'd be down there once a year in the summertime. It was just like that's classic Ireland. Those like the, the mobile homes, but they're like planted. They don't go anywhere, and you rent it out for a couple of weeks in the year, and you, you spend year it down there with the beach. in Spanish Point, County Clare, because they're right. They're right on the sea, like these, and they're basically they're on the top of a cliff. Um, looking over, it's like, oh, it's all beautiful at that. It's like, then there was a storm, and thankfully there was no one in the caravans because a few of them ended up in the sea, Stu. But, you know, <laughs> but uh, it does happen. But no, that, that was, that's very real, I think. Yeah, um, so Pixie kind of very, easily <laughs> figures everything out because they're hiding the bag of drugs yeah. under a mattress, which doesn't work because yeah. the mattress is just sticking up, which was quite funny. That's like the most obvious place to hide something like that under your bed. I mean, you know, that's that's the probably the first place anyone would look. Yeah, I did love the uh, the feckin' yeah, Egypt. I saw that license plate they had up. That was a license bed as well. It's a good little addition. Yeah, so I mean, they basically kind of start talking here, and I think it's it's already just. Yeah, I think it's around then where she kind of explains, you know, that it was the priests who had the the yep. drugs and that they can get away with murder, or a thousand years of uh, yeah, systemic paedophilia. Well, it's like, oh, that's a deep particularly, cut. Particularly it's when it came out. This, like, like it came out basically right in the time the uh, Mother and Baby Homes report was released to, to massive backlash. I was like, yeah, this is still, we're still only finding out the full extents of what the Catholic Church did to this country uh, even even now. And, yeah, uh, and some of it's been hidden yeah, by the government. I mean, some of the testimonies were deleted and they're unrecoverable. And now the minister is like, oh, maybe that. And then the commission, the commission into it has said they'll just resign en masse. And because 
this is just the way things are. It's a cover-up, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Now, of course, um, some people would instruct me to say that uh, I... It's an only, alleged cover-up. It's right? an alleged cover-up. I'm, I'm, I'm only repeating what other people have said um, in the doll and under doll privilege. And, of course, that's completely fine for me to report on them saying that um, and not imply it myself. That'll cover it. You might need to cut <laughs> some of this out. <laughs> I'm going to send it on to my government minister. You're going to jail, Rob. <laughs> Like, hello, either for the murder or for slandering <laughs> the government. <laughs> That's what they'll get me on, isn't it? It's just like, you call, it's, like you call, it's like, well, there's no evidence to that, but you did call me on Martin McGowan a couple of times. <laughs> I think it's around now that we actually get uh, Alec Baldwin's introduction. I think it, it's uh, Colomini's watching the watching RT news, which they the, got like some, the proper thing. Some, for. Yeah, some poor parishioner stumbled across the, the, the four priests shot dead from the beginning. That poor old woman just wandering in on four priests shot like that. And of course, Alex just just... there, you know, comforting her. And then he kind of, he basically threw RT news, threatens Colin's character. It's very funny. It is. I just have like down here, it's like, did like, did this woman just kind of stumble in and find them like with a bunch of guns, like the priest, like with guns? It's one thing if the four of them are shot. Well, it's a terrible tragedy, but like if they found if she found them with the guns or did like Alec Baldwin's character get there first and take out the guns, but leave the body. It's like it's a bit unclear because I'm thinking surely we don't see any guards or any authorities in this film. If they saw like four priests murdered in a church, it'd be like this would be the biggest story in the country. And there'd be like, you know, massive resources going into it. And if they found them with a load of guns and then found clearly a shootout, they'd be like, what the hell is going on here? You know, yeah, even I, if the guards are being paid I off. I think stuff, to try to explain the movie after the fact, I would, I would have guessed that maybe she did find them with the guns, but then uh, Alec Baldwin's character just kind of, you know, well, look, you, you wouldn't want to be disparaging the church now. We, oh, no, we I can't believe be that. telling them about the guns. Like she's an older... And then he yeah. hid them and she just kind of yeah. went along with it. I mean, maybe she's maybe she's in on it. Maybe she's a plant. I mean, maybe she's like... <laughs> maybe maybe it's like she's actually a nun, but they took off the habit. I'm like, you just pretend you're Mary, the permissioner now. I mean, Stu, maybe this is it. This is like part of their, their, their PR campaign. So there's like campaign. a separate it's movie a playing the whole time, Undercover <laughs> Nuns. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she she's actually with like the the guard special branch too. It's um, it, it, it'll, oh, all be in, it'll all be in the right. sequel. So Colin <laughs> decides that it's time to call in Seamus to uh to look for Colin and the drugs because they he just yep. assumed that Colin ha- still has it and yep. uh, Mickey gets very excited about this and then we're introduced to Seamus who's driving around a field with a man tied behind his car which is just fucking hilarious again like just really funny he's like making an infinity symbol in in the the field, which just really shows how long he's been doing it for because of how much he's driven around in this figure eight. Like I can imagine it was... your man must be in a bit of discomfort, but surely he'd talk quicker if you were dragging him like on a road or something. Uh, I think the, the point is to not get caught. So he's kind of trying to get this information out of okay. your man and he puts on his... Yeah, he puts on his mask and uh, pops out of the car. And that's when he gets the call from Colin. But like Mickey's kind of arguing with him in the background, kind of saying that it's Pixie who has it. And he takes off the mask. It's like at that point, you know, like your man's getting shot. Like there, yeah. there's no way he's getting out of that now yeah. that he's shown his face. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's sort of it. But it's a humorous scene kind of introduction. He's quite ruthless. And yeah, it works well, especially the throughout done. the rest of the movie. He's, he's like a, a haunting dog. Like he just follows every lead. He finds everything. I mean, the idea that I think the first yeah. clue he gets is outside Pixie's house. There's a bit of blood from when Colin was hit by the car. And it's like, God, just wash that up before yeah. you go anywhere. Like, it's so obvious if there's a big pool of blood sitting there. Yeah, but he does track him down eventually. But I, sorry, after they go to 
Dingle, isn't it, to see your man's uncle? Yeah, so, he played yeah. by Dylan Moore. It's like they're they're driving down to Dingle. I think it's great on the way they decide to stop for Mr. Whippy. Yeah, the ice cream van. Uh, I love that. It's 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 really nice scenes at this point because you get some great like uh, drone or helicopter shots of just like the the mountains and the sea and things like that. It's this is like the point where I wrote, my God, Ireland is a beautiful yeah, country. But is it? They're probably on the so like you know the wild Atlantic way. Is it I, just down I along think the coast this, the whole way? This was shot in Northern Ireland, Donegal, from what I could see. So I think they're up in Donegal here. Stand to be corrected on that because I'm I'm not too familiar with that part of the country. But from what I could see online, that's where they shot the majority. Yeah, I, mean, of the I think it was at the start. Yeah, at the start, you see, it was produced partly by the Northern Ireland Screen, which is their version of the Irish Film Board, yeah. I assume. So it's probably part of it. But like, just in general, like if they were going to to Dingle, it would probably be down the the, the Wild Atlantic Way. Yeah, it was funny little scene. Yeah. Although we didn't go to see them go through uh, the Connor Pass, no. which uh, I think would have been a yeah, good scene. Yeah, the Connor Pass being like this tiny road along the side of a mountain in Ireland, just down. Uh, it's one of like the two ways of getting to Dingle and it's just treacherous as all fuck. But beautiful. It's like the, the road is just, oh yeah, it's fantastic. But like some of it is just like this r- road that like, it can only yeah. fit like a car and a bit. I don't know how there are more accidents there because after the road, it's just a drop. Yeah. It's like a, it, the, it's hill all the way down. Get, like... <laughs> Remember going down it as a kid and being oh, terrified. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the there, thing. Though. Like when you're when you're stuck there and there's a bus trying to come the other way, absolutely horrifying to to sit there in a car and hope yeah. you don't go over the edge. There you go. Beautiful country we have, though. Um, we 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 should like do a, when when we do eventually do like a bit where we talk about every county will definitely be a lot of that in it. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So then I think the next thing they stop at the uh, the little service station where they see the random altar boy played by uh, David Rawl, who's in Moon Boy. Yeah, your man from Moonboy. Um, I gotta say about the service station, like this is really authentic for like places that this do still exist out out in the sticks in Ireland, out out in rural Ireland. Um, you know, there's a couple. There's one in particular that isn't too far. From, well, comparatively too too far from where I live, out, out in County Clare. And now you have to know where you're going in order to get there. Is what I'll say to you because you're you're going up a few back roads. But it's almost exactly like this. It has like the old kind of fashioned kind of pumps out the front. I think have a little bit of petrol still in them. And the inside of the shop is exactly like that. You got the big freezer in the in the middle for the ice cream, and then it's kind of um, it's sort of the the shop in like the townland and like the village up the road. So it has like all the the various random brick a brack there as well. And you basically have someone's house kind of almost attached to it. So yeah, this this like really reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like a you know not built to purpose. Yeah. you know, and it, it's like you know this this building might have been built a hundred years ago, and yeah. they've just kind of retrofitted in as many places to put food and whatever else you might want to buy maps of Ireland and shit as you go through. But I'd say like this, really. this is like really authentic to less and less, lesser and lesser kind of, there are places like these now, they have like the kind of fancier kind of, you know, with the kind of four courts and like all the fancy petrol pumps, even like in, you know, some rural places, it, it'd be more like that. But yeah, a few places like this do still exist in Ireland. And I, I, I like this was very real to me to like some childhood memories of stopping in these places and running in and they, they wouldn't have like the normal HB ice cream that they'd, they'd have like an off brand one, you know, and it, but some of them were quite nice. And you couldn't get them anywhere else, just these random shops. So <laughs> I, I enjoyed that scene anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you take what you can get. Yeah, um, and of course, is it Connor Frank? Sorry, Frank sits outside with the altar boy and starts asking him questions. Like, is there any funny business going on? This is really kind of an awkward, funny scene where he's like, it's like, no, no, asking it's all fine. Is the priest a diddler? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, 
and the two of them are talking and Pixies inside talking about tequila to your man to kind of you know plumoss him a little bit and I'm like uh, say Stu why did the Mexican throw his wife off a cliff why tequila <laughs> yeah uh, I say that joke oh, every gosh. time we get shots of tequila <laughs> in a pub don't you I? do well, Rob, unless you're yeah. going to unless you're going to send me over some tequila I think I'll have to cut that one out. Yeah, I mean, you can't tequila. be doing that to me. I can't you over some tequila. We, we have a booze delivery service in Limerick now, Stu. It can be done. I'll be ordering some later. I have a thirst on me now, Rob. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's just deadly. I mean, we can't be doing that. I mean, people are going to die if, if you can just get booze delivered to your house. I did it last it's night. I'm doing it again tonight. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, Pixie's in there in the yeah. Uh, she's asking. She's kind of flirting with uh with the the, sh- the shopkeeper and so she's looking for whatever specific brand of tequila so he goes into the back and says, like, oh yeah you you know mind the, the shop for me while i go in of course she like robs everything out of the till which is the quite a funny scene like your your, your, uh, your man is and, uh, like chatting to the altar boy and like they basically drive the car i presume from the angle they must like they've driven the car out of like the garage and around onto the grass behind him because like he's on a little bench across the road from it like because it takes a second to kind of cop yeah. what they've done there. And I'm like, surely you just turn around in the road and you can hop in the back. It's just a very yeah, dramatic but, kind but of... But then Frank, of course, he's, he's like telling the altar boy that he should yeah. get with a load of women. And uh, he... he Oh, how do I even put this? He he describes the the reason that he should get with women in a very colourful way, should we say, Rob? Yeah, he, he he's talking about... Um, Oh, that's a dignified way of saying this too. You know, uh, to quote the Bloodhound Kang, um, well, oh, geez, I shouldn't say that, actually. No, no, I really shouldn't. I don't think you should. Yeah, I think he he says if God did want us to do a certain thing, he wouldn't have made a certain part of the female anatomy look like a certain foodstuff. That's about as close as we're going to describe. If you want to know it, watch the movie yourself. I think... I think he was implying that, of course, in any good relationship, you have to kiss each other longingly on the lips. Sometimes it's okay. best to which ones. They get to, to Dingle anyway, and uh, Dylan Moran, who's, who's Daniel's uncle, who's his dealer, the dealer's dealer, I suppose, her supplier, uh, he's like the head of some like a uh, fish factory. Uh, yeah, he, he, he is. Um with his Asian assistant yeah. by the looks I mean, of things. Was like, I, I found that a bit funny. So they, they go up with like absolutely no plan. And, uh, you know, he, he starts asking these questions like, so you're telling me that this, this is all of the drugs. You have none, you know, this isn't just a sample. The rest isn't hidden somewhere else. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's all of it. It's like, and you're not packing anything. It's like, no, no, we want it to be straight with you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you can see where it's going. It's like, th- like they've put themselves into the worst position. You see it in movies sometimes when they're trying to do a drug deal like that. And it's just, you go in so unprepared that like, you're yeah. going to get robbed. Um, like, they're not going like to pay the you for At this. least had the fortune to, to swipe a, a gutting knife off one of the things and put it in her pocket. Um, but like, but I don't, because, in a sense, like, because Pixie has some yeah. experience with this world of criminality, she must know they're pro- there's a good chance they're going to get ripped off and stuff. So it's like, why would she still bring the gear in? Like, because surely, like, just bring in a bit. And like, we have more, by the way, but I want to see some money or something. And like, your or like, oh, your your nephew has the rest of it or something like that. And you know, with you know, whatever. So it's instead, she like they, they opens the thing and like threatens him with some shotguns and then Pixie. Yeah, I mean, like, that, that's the thing. The you know, the table. secretary opens the yeah. the kind of cupboard thing and there's just like a load of rifles <laughs> in there and a katana and I'm just like <laughs> of course there is oh, of course there is but yeah so they, they escape anyway and then they go sw- skinny dipping which is fun yeah it was 
it, well, it's an interest. It's an in interesting kind of scene, like because they have like a little fire there on the beach, just driving on the beach, and then they um decide to go skinny dipping as as one does, and um then they kind of go back into the one of the wherever they're staying. I guess it's not really yeah. I, this I don't scene gets weird. Yeah, you know, they start dancing and stuff, and then it's like um they're sort of flirt. So like I kind of got the vibes like right, I can kind I have an idea where this is gonna go. You know, it's going to be uh, menage a tw- yeah, menage, menage a trois. trois. Um, as as the French say, but um, <laughs> she like so she's kind of going on to Ireland, going on to the, uh, Frank, and then she ends up getting the two of them to shift the face off each other in bed. <laughs> oh God, that's quite that's quite like they're yeah. going at it like, and it's just yeah. so funny. And, and so then like, we get clips of uh, the cashier <laughs> who's been killed and stuffed in the uh, the, the ice cream machine yeah, is it? freezer yeah uh and then dylan moran's character he's also dead uh, is back. yeah and so then seamus pops in because like as i said he's a bloodhound he was following them the whole way somehow and he very wisely and uh, he very he wisely gets pixies like put on handcuffs because like you know she's going to try and pull something so i was like this guy gets it like, yeah i mean it, it was a bit strange like, right, not to have all three of them you. in handcuffs well, i think i think he kind of trusts the fact that he can mind the other two fellas and but he doesn't trust her because like we've seen, she has like you know, swipes. So I think it's fair enough. Like, I think he just knows her well enough not to not to trust her. But he feels he can control the other two lads. And I think he makes them drive somewhere. Like where he has a shotgun to her. Yeah, back and gets them to start digging their own great, graves. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we get the big reveal that Colin is still alive in the boot because uh, they're they're trying to find him, isn't it? Uh, Seamus is looking for Colin, and he's like, "Where is he?" He's like, they, like, they didn't tell him. Harlan kind of cracks. He, he starts like, laughing. In the boot and James like, "Oh, sure he is." And there's a left to kill you, lads. And he opens up, and then shame, um, your man in the boot shoots Seamus. Like, and then Seamus like shoots him back, and they both get, you know, not they're not dead, but they yeah. get quite. But like, it's just injured. it's just funny how Seamus is laughing at him. It's like you know, like they're so stupid that they kept the body with them the whole yep. time, and he, he he can't believe it as like some, you know, the deranged killer that he is. Obviously, he's smart enough to not keep the bodies with yep. him because. Because the thing is, but like he was alive the entire time. Like, did he? Because I'm thinking, okay, I don't like in some modern cars they actually have a thing where you can open a boot from the inside in case you get trapped in it or it's kidnapping thing. I get like it's. I like the fact that they actually have an older car where that probably wouldn't work. But yeah, I'm thinking like, okay, if he thinks he's being like, oh, I was very thinking, oh, some guy ran me down and like knocked me out and like put me in the boot and potentially has stolen the drugs I had. You know, he must oh, correct. Is, is like Seamus going to, is it him taking me off to be buried? So he may be, oh, fuck, at least I have my gun, I can wait. But it, it does kind of like, was he unconscious the whole time? Like, did he, why, like, even when he realized the card stopped, would he not try to escape? Well, he must have been capacity? unconscious for quite some like, time, at least. Did the lads not check him to, like, make sure he was dead? Did not, like, see him breathing? Or I know, like, they briefly look in the boot at the, the very start after Harlem runs him over. But like, I think that's just he, like, more of his. Did he not uh, realize he was not okay, knowing what the, the fuck they're doing? Pick him up and stuff him in the boot, and there's clearly blood there what but like did he not notice he was still breathing or something i mean maybe he was panicking but i it's this is like the bit where I'm like this is pushing it a little bit i think i mean i i'm willing to say fine maybe he was unconscious yeah but this is when we get the the crazy realization that colin was the one who actually killed his yeah. mother um and it's because it's like your mother had like uh, quite severe throat cancer and she was in the hospital and it's like she's. Yeah, she, but yeah. she was getting and better. Then it's like she saw someone run out of the room the day she died and then she's oh, no one else believed uh, that she was smothered by like a pillow or something. Yeah. And 
she realized he did it because the name he used was awful. Of- he had yeah, like the no, Peter Rabbit I, books. I, I, as soon as she said the name, I knew it straight away because I was like, yeah, that's uh, Enid Blyton because I, I used to read all of those. I have a great tale about that. I, I might have said it already, but a girl I worked with in, in Eason's, she, which is a bookshop, she used to think that it was uh, Gwyd because of the weird handwriting they use for yeah. Enid. <laughs> Gwyd Blyton. I, I used to read all those books when I was younger, so I, I knew it straight away, you know. Um, oh, sorry, Beatrice Potter is... Yeah, but he... Sorry, Colin he, then not, not, not Blyton. No, sorry, I got very... Confu- <laughs> I confused myself there because I was like, no, it is Beatrice Potter. Like, no, it's Enid Blyton is what my mouth said. And I was like, no, that's not right. I, I got very confused there. Anyway, he gets the name of the car- uh, off one of the books and she cops it and then asks him why and he says oh your stepbrother pay, uh, paid me to do it basically yeah I mean like it is you know it's a bit surprising to find out that it was Mickey the whole time he he paid for Colin to do it but yeah and you get like the you know the proper connect hospital as well in the flashback yeah you do so, like, uh, looks Colin like dies anyway Pixie smothers him and then shoots Seamus and then they the kind of Pixie has a plan then to get them all out of it scot-free basically yeah um, by basically getting the, the priests and her family to kind of all go down to this church in Clannacilty. Yeah, she basically uh, wants to start a gang war. And, you know, yeah. So, you know, um, they are in. They go to the church anyway and all the priests there, like the Alec Bond's like giving all the nuns and stuff guns and they've like shotguns and all that and they have like the young fella who's like keeping keeping watch outside and that they like say prayers and all this stuff. It's like, it, it's kind of nice actually. I, I quite like this scene. Yeah, it, it's how you'd, it, it's how you'd imagine a bunch of... Uh gone toting priests to act Alec Baldwin's a very good actor and he kind of really has he really commands it yeah it was it's better than the the nuns that were in Hitman Absolution (laughs) but uh, but yeah so the 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 priests go in first anyway and they're the MDMA is kind of in a bag that's kind of pixie can like pull up to the ceiling to keep it away from them and they're searching around and that's when Colum and the gang come in and like I love this scene I think it was something I would like Max Payne where it goes it into does. slow motion. That's exactly what and, like, I had. both sides are just like, <laughs> I, like firing it's, it's at each other. Back speed, like with them doing the dives in slow motion. I loved it. Uh, I would say as well, it's like, here comes the cavalry and yeah, like Brian the Valkyries are going. Maybe because I was watching a bit of wrestling. I was like, Daniel, Brian! <laughs> yeah, it, it was like yeah. something out of, uh, what's it? The Italian job. But like with a load of shitty Irish cars. Because they have the, the four colours going along. I love the uh, how it's uh, like the priest. They have like these four kind of black jeeps, and it's all kind of prim and proper. And then the the boyos are coming down the O'Briens, and it's like they've got a, a <laughs> like a red Toyota Corolla, <laughs> like all this. They're like that, like that is like a, a going to like a, a Sligo ga match or something like that. That's what you'd see parked outside. I'm like, that's that's yeah, what every color Toyota Corolla under the sun. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, and then like it it's it's kind of cool. Like they're they're all diving and stuff. Um Calamini's character gets wounded by Alec Baldwin's character. And then we see like the, the three of them are trying to escape with the money and her Pixie step no they're coming out and then they get con- confronted by the stepbrother, isn't it? No, no, they, they they all head outside, remember. Yeah, they they they're just trying to escape first without the money. And the stepbrother's there and like she she thinks about killing him. But then just shoots him in the After, leg. Like, and like, her, like, oh. I mean, he he gets that tiny bit of redemption for it. Yeah, as you were saying, just um, oh, you know, you took my father away from me, and that's why he he had yeah, but he, her he mother said, killed. He, he describes her and her sister as whores. So I mean, he's a deeply misogynistic person. Um, I go as far as saying, yeah, oh yeah, so, he's I mean, a terrible I mean, person. I see his point. Like, oh, like took father. Fair enough. But like, 
dude, your justification is pretty fucking horrendous. Like your father clearly loved, you know, his second, uh, I don't know if he was married, if his character was married before, I don't know. But um, he clearly loved her a great deal and he's like taken on her two daughters. I presume Pixie is obviously from the first, from his stepdaughter and then the other girl must be from their other relationship or something. Yeah, it's not really explained properly. Yeah, because like, presume your man is older than pixie is the vibe i got but i stand to yeah. be but any but anyway but anyway he clearly like loved her as you know it is and he, he took pixie as his own like he you know he doesn't say stepdaughter to her he says you're my daughter and i clearly loves her a great deal so you think he's he's a good father he's like doing yeah. the best he can it's just his son yeah like so shithead. they go outside anyway and then, and... And then she well no you're forgetting because she sees the priest that she fell in love with and like she gives him a big mad smooch uh wears the face off him and gives him a gun and says best of luck yeah <laughs> yeah it's a very minor plot point from earlier on the yeah, so they're basically in warring gangs and so it's like a romeo and juliet yeah. kind of thing yeah so then yeah then harland runs back in and uh tries to get the money and uh fun fact actually uh harland's played by daryl mccormick who's the only one in the the kind of three main cast members who's irish he is from nina in county yeah, tip that's a, uh, only out the road from us do yeah only out the very road. very close by we'll go out and say hello to the family and be like great job <laughs> it's like let's we'll, we'll get him on the podcast <laughs> it's like how do you pronounce your man's name yeah, is it so turlo or is it they, turlo? Think, they think he's been shot because he doesn't come out for a long while but yeah he, he runs out with the bag of money mm. they all get away uh well i mean of course as well then they they shoot alec baldwin's character uh well he's, he's threatening them he's like what's your favorite pair then her Colomini's character their father shoot uh brian shoots him oh and yeah, then yeah. like but then like his, the other her sister comes over and like that and he's like he, he just has a flesh and he's going to be fine and she kind of looks after him and he just sends her go off so it's kind of like he knows and he's fine with this and it's everything is working out fine and then they head off i was annoyed though with the because uh, when he asks um you know what's your favorite prayer i think she should have said the our father and then colomini comes out and shoots yeah, him i thought they were going to do that no because i i actually had this as well i was like that would have been perfect you know, it's like the the our father, and it is, and it's, and uh, I mean, you could have done this like, what's your what's your favorite prayer? It's like uh, the our father, and then like Colin immediately comes out, pointed, is like, yeah, he'll be in heaven soon. <laughs> <laughs> it was also at this point I actually copped um, that. Wait a minute. Columns Meany's character is being is O'Brien in this film. Miles O'Brien. Well, after all, Stu, uh, they were down in Dingle in the film. They would have had to go through Killarney. And uh, of course, it, that's where Miles O'Brien is from. There is a, I stayed in a hostel in Killarney um, a while back and they have a one of the blue plaques outside it. It's the future. <laughs> Hang on, Rob. Yeah, we're, we're jumping ahead. For anyone who doesn't know, Miles O'Brien yeah. is Sorry. character in Star Trek yeah. The Next Generation. Uh, which well, is yeah. sorry if it was confusing, but you know, it, it's um, just so that I, everyone I knows because we're assuming a lot of kind of a subtle reference to that. Um, but they down in Killarney, they actually have a future birthplace of Miles O'Brien uh, next to a nice hostel I stayed in, so I, I, I thought that was a, a nice little touch. Um, there you go, yeah. So yep. I think the last thing that happens then in the movie is they're at the airport again, and uh, Pixie's about to head off to San Fran, and of course, you know, they kind of tease the two of them, kind of they hug it out. And, and walks off gone. board the plane. But of course, then they decide to check on the money. Where is that? Pixie has it. Which was funny. 
and what's left behind um, the photos yeah of you Frank know as i've kind of said earlier but her with the, uh, the, the makeup money, on i don't think it's that she'd taken at the start but, you know surely the two lads would know like she was going to pull a fast on the other guys earlier like literally two other lads she kind of did the same thing to so it's how would you not think that i mean yeah but it's like surely if i was Aaron, like you'd just be slip like when he was taking the bag out and slip a yeah few, she's basically a, a criminal mastermind into your pockets like and be like yeah because they had a lot like you know I, I mean, I, I've never seen a, a 500 euro note in person, but they had a stack of them too. I did. I think I did once. But I mean, nor nor will take them because they're so, you know, result of fake. They're a fucking unicorn in this, um, this country. Ever... Well, like, it's just, you know, you hardly need them. I think in, in Germany, I think it was, <laughs> you can get 100 euro notes out of the, the ATMs, which I had never seen anywhere <laughs> else. I, when I, I used to work at McDonald's and I did like the drive through. So I very occasionally would get, I'd maybe have two or three times in the six and a half years I worked there, I got hundred euro notes. And like they're, they're green, which is they're like, I remember the first, cause like we're so like kind of check twenties and particularly fifties. And I got first and I was like, and I, and I, and I just like, it was a nice fella. And I just said, I said, I'm so sorry. I have to check this if you don't mind. Yeah, so well, you definitely you want to check it. No one. I said, sorry, is it, I, I'm also, said, I'm going to have to get change as well. I said, I don't, like, I think he was only getting like, like happy meals in there. So it was about, I was going to have to give him like 70 quid back. And I was like, I, 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 I said, I, I was like, I'm actually just going to get a 50 out of the safe to, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to give you all the twenties and tens I have. So I had to give, it was fine anyway. There was no issue with it, but um <laughs> I remember one of the managers like, where's the 100 euro note? And he goes, it's here. And he's like, oh, Jesus, I've never seen one of those before. And everyone was coming down to my till to take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as I said, it's like a unicorn. Like It's it's, it's weird because, you know, it's just too much money to have as one note, I think. I know, obviously, for business and stuff, it's probably fine. But for walking around money. I remember when another delving into Irish currency for a moment um, before we had the year we had the punt the Irish pound and I there were 50 pound notes but you never saw them ever like they were like you'd see a 20 pound note that was grand but never I saw a 50 probably about like a year before we got rid of him uh, it, like my when I had my communion like you get loads of money and someone gave me a 50 pound note and I was like you know being what was a seven at the time I was like oh my god this is the most money in the world this is this is incredible like and very few, and everyone's like yeah this is the 50 you know now this is and it's mine it's gone into my credit union account, you know i was like <laughs> gone before you had a chance to spend but, it uh, oh no it wasn't I, I i i bought a piano with uh my communion money as a matter of fact <laughs> fair play i suppose yeah that's what i wanted but uh back to the movie Stu. i suppose <laughs> unless there's anything else you, you care to add to it um i think we've gone through most mostly uh i have to say though uh crock of gold for me i quite enjoyed it i thought the you know the twist and turns you know her uh screwing them over at the end and all the li- yeah. little bits in between especially just it was it was as i said at the start it was a movie that really showed irishness the way it is there was no kind of bullshit to it they weren't making stuff up just for the movie it was a movie set in ireland and it was the real ireland not I'd, wild I'd like- mountain time I'd like to think they made up the priest gangs, but well, who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree largely. Um, I don't know if I would say a crock of gold because 
because I didn't enjoy like there's nothing wrong with the film I as I kind of said earlier it's just sort of like a six out of ten in my book it's fine it's perfectly average film it had some good moments in it that I really liked like the the, the church in the end is really good I really like Colomini's character in the sense that he's he can just come across as fatherly so well and like you don't you don't um, question the fact that he's being strict with his, his son very caring to the two girls and even Ari's like to her it's like what are you doing there it's just it just makes it genuine and that's a I think a very difficult thing to do in the movie so I really enjoyed that um didn't really connect with the two the two main lads a lot um and didn't really like Pixie's character I think she's it, it's she's just playing a character too much for me I couldn't really connect with her uh like Alec Baldwin's the other characters as well great great cast love the scenery so I I don't know if I can say a crock of gold Sue I mean I'd say a crock of copper you still gotta sell that for a few bob but I I don't know and I, I don't want to call it a crock of shite either because it wasn't a terrible film so oh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll go. Take the leaf out of Chloe's book again, perhaps. Look, I'm saying like I I wouldn't like I I would be like Roger Ebert. You can't you can't give like f- uh, four stars for every every film you see, Stu. You know I I if it's a cro- <laughs> if you're going to give a crock of gold, it has to be worth the crock of gold. I'm thinking the other films I've given crock of golds to for either comedy or serious. I mean like is this as funny as uh, Dead Meat? are the yank no it's not is it like a better character driven thing compared to some of the other ones we've d- we've done i don't think it is so i fair I, enough i, I suppose gold. i would say i would say i would say give it a watch maybe if i watch it again it, it might grow on me a bit more i'd have to see but there you go is that a phone going off <laughs> yeah no i uh you know i enjoyed it all like there's a great cast there uh you know maybe they could have done with more irish people in the lead lead roles but i think they did a great job with the people that they got as i said you know all of the subtle bits of Irishness that they had in it really kind of elevated the the movie for me and then just plot wise it was it was a wild ride through the whole thing and it's and it's as I say it's beautiful in parts so, so like some of some of the scenery oh, yeah, they, they managed to get on camera is I think it's wonderful I mean even for that watch the film I'd say I mean I, I would say give it a watch I, I just wouldn't say it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> wonderful right so next week we will be watching 1992's The Crying Game yeah well I, I think I've seen this years back I don't think it's nice <laughs> tea, this one it'll be a, a change of pace change. shall we say sure, we'll see Exactly. Uh, thanks for listening anyway, guys. Um, if you've enjoyed this, uh, please uh, tell a friend. Uh, let us, if you have any feedback you want to let us know, you can find us on Twitter at BlarneyPod or email us at TalkingBlarneyPod at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for movies, television shows, really anything that has kind of uh, Irish characters in it, and you're kind of like, eh, is this accurate or not? Send it on to us. We, we do we do have a very long list that uh, is getting longer by the day, but we will get around to it at some point. It's it's fair to say. So for me anyway, it's goodbye. Sloan, and we'll see you next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.